On the resurrection morning When all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed, no God understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never said no more pain, there'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior Ready to live, I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal One hallelujah morning When the last trump of God shall sound Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with a reading, no understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior Ready to live, I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Good morning, good evening Wherever you may be Welcome to the Passion for Christ show So glad to have you, friend Hey, this is your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just wanted to just let you know that I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in Him and Him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about increasing our faith in 2021. That's right, increasing our faith. But first, before we get to that segment, a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Well, now get this, get this. In the year 2020, we celebrated holidays at home amid the COVID-19 pandemic. We worked at home, attended school at home, even attended worship services at home. Many Christians also turned to hymns for comfort at home, according to hymnary.org. 
users of the online database doubled as the novel coronavirus closed many church buildings this spring, and the website now is nearing 40 million pages for 2020. It's highest ever. That's H-Y-M-N-A-R-Y dot org. There are just a lot of people who aren't going to church to worship. They're worshiping at home and they need these resources. Hymnary.org is an online hymn and worship music database for worship leaders, hymnologists, music lovers, featuring more than one million hymns. Get that, folks. In this time of uncertainty and fear, Christians around the globe turn to Scripture and turn to song for comfort. We remember that our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, said the website. Hymnary.org offers a number of resources for churches and home worshipers during the pandemic. Among them, a list of 10 hymns with testimonies of comfort for times of trouble, including Precious Lord, Take My Hand, written by Thomas Dorsey, considered the father of black gospel music after the death of his wife and newborn. It's not on the list, but the most popular hymn on the database as the year true to a close is Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, written of all things in 1826 by Reginald Heber, that defiantly proclaims God's holiness, though the darkness hide thee. There you go, folks. Hymn Database sees spike as Christians worship at home in the year 2020. My, 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 folks, who would have ever thought that we would have been worshiping at home beginning in the year 2020? Mm. Well, get this. Zhang Zan, a devout Christian citizen journalist, was sentenced to four years in jail for just reporting on the COVID-19 outbreak in the central city of Wuhan earlier this year. That's right, folks. The 37-year-old former lawyer traveled to Wuhan to tell the virus devastation in overcrowded hospitals with first-hand reports. Zahn believed God called her to go to the city to report these things. I, I warned her, her friend said, going to Wuhan when everyone else was trying to leave. She is a staunch Christian and said it was God's will. She had to do this and tell everyone the truth. Her mom says, I just don't understand. All she did was say a few true words, and for that she got four years. The United Nations demanding her release and called a sentence an example of excessive clampdown on freedom of expression linked to COVID-19. She appeared in a wheelchair in court this week. She was detained in mid-May and went on a hunger strike in June. Her lawyers say police strapped down her hands and forced her to eat through a tube. She said very little during the trial. Her attorneys says that she remained steadfast in her love for God in jail. She quoted 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 in a recent visit and says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. 
When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Oh, my folks. Christian Chinese journalists jailed for simply reporting on the COVID-19 in Wuhan. Folks, we think we have it bad here in America. Mm. Well, get this. You won't believe this. A Nashville police officer is praising God for saving his life after the massive explosion took place from a recreational vehicle on Christmas Day. You remember that, folks, right? Well, the Metropolitan Nashville police officers James Wells and Amanda Topping were close to completing their shifts on early Christmas morning when fellow officer Tyler Lulan requested backup for a possible shooting in downtown Nashville. Upon arriving at the scene, both officers heard audio from an RV that told occupants of nearby buildings to evacuate because there was a bomb in the vehicle about to explode. It was also playing the hit song Downtown by Petula Clark just before exploding. Topping, who was inside a car, got a little bit antsy as people from inside the building near the RV began to evacuate. During the press release on Sunday, Wells describes himself as a spiritual person, explained how God told him at the last minute to move away from the vehicle just before the blast. It may not be politically correct, but that's just my truth. I literally heard God tell me to turn around and go check on Topping, who was by herself on Broadway. He praised God for saving his life. Otherwise, he would not be alive to celebrate Christmas with his wife and children. Amen, folks. Amen. Can I get an amen? Nashville police officer says God told him to walk away from RV moments before it exploded. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. January the 1st, 1893, fell on a Sunday. One of England's notable preachers, Charles Spurgeon, based a sermon written for that day on the common practice of making a New Year's resolution. Taking Psalms 115 as his text, he urged his listeners to worship the living God in a living manner and to bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. This is part of his sermon. He said, Begin to praise him in the tone of your spirit. May God the Blessed Comforter help you to do it by a calm, equitable frame of mind, by a divine placidity of temper, by a complete subjection of the will to him, so that you shall not feel it to be subjection, but find it to be your delight that the Lord should do with you whatever pleases him. 
It is bliss to praise God so that our very thoughts praise Him, not by effort, but as flowers pour out their perfume, so that our inmost soul praises Him, just as the birds sing, not as if it were a task, but because it cannot help it. Was it not made to sing? Mm, mm, mm. There you go, folks. Spurgeon's Resolution Sermon in the year 1893. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have our newest segment of the broadcast called My Observation Segment. I take something that I noted during the week and apply some spiritual truth to what I had seen. Well, I just want to just take the year 2020 as a whole and just talk about some things that I've learned from this past year. Here's just a few things. Love, appreciation of your family, wife, your spouse, even more than ever before. A love and appreciation of your church family. The need for closeness with God. Thankfulness for the job you do have. Not allowing the pandemic to put fear in us, but to turn to God in the chaos and receive rest and support. We've lost many dear ones. Think about that, friend. I don't know about you, but I lost some dear friends in our family. Uncle Everett, Aunt Patsy, Deborah, my sister. And that makes us understand the reality of eternity and the need to love your family even more. And so, just want to offer this in this observation segment. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Jesus Christ. As Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. That's our observation segment for this broadcast. And now we have our thankfulness segment where we pick out a verse to remind us to be thankful to God. Every day. Psalms 106 verse 47 is our verse for this thankfulness segment. Psalms 106 verse 47. Save us, Lord our God, and gather us up from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. The salvation of God should motivate us every day to be reminded of the cost of that great gift of grace and give him the praise that is due him. That's our thankfulness segment for this broadcast. And now, folks, we have Name That Bible Character Segment. Here is your clue. King Jeroboam built two golden calves as gods for the people, 
One he set up in Bethel. I am the place where he set up the other one. What place am I? Here's your clue one more time. King Jeroboam built two golden calves as gods for the people. One he set up in Bethel. I am the place where he set up the other one. What place am I? We will reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue in our closing segment of Name That Bible Character. This follows right after our study segment, so stay tuned for that exciting reveal in Name That Bible Character. Well, folks, we're going to get right into our study for this broadcast. So get your Bibles up, get your hot cup of coffee or hot cup of tea, and just join with me as we study the subject, Increasing Our Faith in 2021. Welcome to study. We're going to have our study called Increase Our Faith, and it's found in Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. So get your Bibles out, and we'll get started right now. Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. Let's start in verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Bad things are going to happen to you, friend, in the year 2021. It's just going to happen. And you're going to be offended. You're going to stumble. Now, what is that word stumble? Well, that word stumble literally means to a bait or a hook, something that causes you to trip over. And sometimes we're going to fall for that bait. Sometimes we're going to trip over those little hooks and the intended offense that's going to come. But Jesus said, before we get started on the next thought there, what are some ways this offense can occur? What are some ways you can stumble? Well, it could be through bad advice. It could through be through our decision-making process. We have, Bible talks about our freedom, our liberty to make choices. Is it expedient or not expedient? Sometimes we just barrel through that and don't think of what's going to happen. Sometimes we offend people through our own liberty. Or it could be lies. It could be, it could be unforgiveness. It could be being judgmental and too harsh. There are many ways in which people offend us, cause us to stumble, to trip, fall, and be hurt. But Jesus says, if you happen to be that one through whom the hook comes through, well, that's not good at all. Jesus describes that whole set of circumstances as disastrous And that person as being described as deserving to die a horrible death. 
a millstone being hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. That's Jesus' picture, not mine, of that person through whom that or that bait comes through. And so in verse 3, Jesus says this, So watch yourselves. You see, there's danger in this whole scenario that he's drawing here. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. See, this whole thing is really all about our decision to forgive or not to forgive. And so Jesus said, if someone causes you to stumble, if someone sins against you, don't pretend it never happened. Don't close your eyes and put your head in the sand and try to ignore it and hopefully it'll go away. But Jesus says you need to rebuke them. And sometimes we think of that word as being hard and harsh and mean and cruel and unkind. But it's really the exact opposite, or it should be the exact opposite. It should be filled with long-suffering, love, bearing one another. As Paul said in Ephesians 4, verse 15, speak the truth in love. So if someone causes you to someone, has caused you to someone, somebody offended you, then you need to go to them you need to, as Jesus says here, rebuke them, speak the truth and love, and if they repent, you forgive them. Now Jesus doesn't offer us any other choice in the matter. And sometimes we like to, to narrow that choice. We like to narrow our focus on forgiveness. By that I mean, we begin to think in terms of, well, where's the evidence that they're truly repenting? Are there, meaning, fruits meet for repentance? Where's the fruit in all of this? You see, we want to try to narrow the decision-making of forgiveness. When, think, Think of this, if you will. We, we've had our first snow of the year 2021. It's beautiful. It's white. It's pure. That snow, to me, represents this beautiful pureness of forgiveness. It's wiping the slate clean. And we have no choice in the matter if that person says, I repent. We're wiping the slate clean and we can't hold back in that decision. In fact, Jesus don't wants us to narrow our focus on forgiveness, but rather broaden our scope and work of forgiveness. Notice what he says in verse 4 of Luke 17. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Jesus isn't giving us a reason to not forgive 
are to be less forgiving. We're not permitted to judge another person's repentance or their sincerity. We may think that they are not sincere, but Jesus says, not so fast. That's not for you to decide. That's not for you to devalue the grace that I want to see in this matter of forgiveness and restoration. You must forgive them. That's what he says. You must forgive them. So, like a lot of his friend, uh, the apostle said in verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. They were like, wait a minute. Pardoning of sin, this is really a rough chore. This is a tall order. You mean we got to forgive every offense? Well, they were like shaking their heads and they're going, that requires an extraordinary degree of faith. It requires a supreme effort that we just don't have. But Jesus says, wait a minute. In verse 6, he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. What is Jesus' whole point here? bringing up a mulberry tree and a mustard seed. My mustard seed is very small, but it grows into a big tree. Mulberry tree. What is he talking about there? Well, the roots of a mulberry tree are very deep and strong and stay rooted for upwards to, they say, to 600 years. And so Jesus' point here is that Surprisingly, you do have the faith that is needed. You see, it's not how much faith, it's what kind of faith. And that small amount of faith can do extraordinary things in matters of forgiveness if it's rooted in Jesus Christ. Now that mulberry tree, those deep roots, as I said earlier, were stay rooted for upwards of 600 years. Unforgiveness and bitterness may have been deeply rooted and may be deeply rooted in your heart, friend, for who knows how long. But through faith in Jesus Christ, he can rip those roots out and pave the way the means of forgiveness and restoration. Amen? So Jesus gives us a lot of powerful things to think about as we begin our new year in 2021 in matters of forgiveness. We need to be sure if and when we are offended, if and when someone sins against us, that we take that matter seriously and approach them in love, and deal with it, and forgive, and not hold back and judge that other person's heart. This is very crucial material, very crucial truth that Jesus is talking about here. We have no choice in the matter. We must forgive as Christ forgave us. That's the study 
for this broadcast. That was a very powerful lesson that we learned from Jesus Christ in regards to increasing our faith in 2021, specifically as it relates to do with forgiveness. May we be more kind and forgiving in 2021. And now we have the conclusion to Name That Bible Character. Here was your clue. King Jeroboam built two golden calves as gods for the people. One he set up in Bethel. I am the place where he set up the other one. What place am I? Dan. That's right, folks. Dan. In 1 Kings 12, 29, And he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. King Jeroboam built two golden calves as gods for the people. One set up in Bethel. I am the other place where he set up the other one. What place am I? Dan. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ by submitting your life to him, repenting and submitting your will to him in baptism, walking newness of life, finding a peace that passes all understanding, blessed beyond measure, more than you ever could deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com normanchurch.com Well, friend, I just wanted to tell you this. Thank you so much for walking alongside with me during this broadcast. It's been a privilege and an honor. May God bless you. This is my desire to honor you. I worship you, all I have within me, I give you praise, all that I adore is in you, is in you, Lord I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, Lord I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you.
I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you.